Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Two paramedics testified Floyd flatlined in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. They tried to revive him from a dead state. One paramedic appeared to anger the defense, suggesting the officers could have started CPR on Floyd. Any layperson can do chest compressions. There's no reason Minneapolis couldn't have started chest compressions. That's not my question. My question is, he's not an EMT, correct? Wow. Yeah, that was quite the powerful exchange. So the defense lawyer asks him, uh, Officer Chauvin isn't an EMT, is he? And the guy said, no, but anybody can do chest compressions. There's no reason he didn't do chest compressions. There's a real mood, and and uh, Jack, feel free to, to comment on this if you agree or disagree, whatever, obviously. Everybody in that courtroom seems to feel the same. This might be X, it might be Y, it might be Z, but that guy should have gotten off the other guy's neck. Yeah. And, and you ought to admit it. You know, everybody in there is outraged. Granted, it's the prosecution's case, but they're all outraged in the same way, it seems like. Yeah, and uh, then they had testimony yesterday from Chauvin's supervisor, who was not pleased with the way he handled things. I thought that was pretty powerful. Yeah, and man, the paramedic. I, I, do we have more clips of him? I don't want to steal his thunder. We got the girlfriend, which I didn't find oh. as compelling. But No, I didn't think that was terribly relevant at all. But um, the, the paramedic, uh, he also said, I practically had to push him off of Mr. Floyd's neck to check his pulse. Yeah, so, yeah, I did see that part. So the paramedics get there. George Floyd hasn't moved at all. In minutes. In quite a while. And he's got to feel pretty limp beneath your knee, I would think, as a dead guy. Um, And the paramedics have to say, hey, could you get off him? Can you get off him so we can see? What what the hell? That's a bad look, man. I think Chauvin had flipped out, lost his lid. Yeah, I think he, he cracked. I think their better defense would be a guy, uh, you know, lost his mind. He cracked. And so he's not, you know, as guilty as he could be. Um, I think that's better. It would have been yeah, a better defense. You might hear some of that at sentencing, because I think he probably will get sentenced for something. And that's a switch for me, because I I had believed, and still believe, actually, that George Floyd was overdosing and experiencing um, uh, excited delirium. Uh, and and had a heart attack for that reason. Although a guy kneeling on your neck doesn't help, and you know if that was a five percent cause, that means George Floyd would have come to ninety five on the I'm going to be dead meter, but he'd still be alive. Mm-hmm. And the jury, I have a feeling the jury's every bit as outraged as everybody else. Dude, you got you got the firefighter the other day. You got a firefighter. You got a a medic. You got other cops saying, "Hey, get off his neck." Yeah. And listen, you know me, you know Jack, we're defenders of police, we're supporters of peace officers and understand what a difficult and important job it is. All of my cop friends looked at that stuff and said, no way, no way, you cannot do that. You you had a comment, Sean? Do you think he takes the stand, Chauvin? So when we had Leo Terrell on the other day, he seemed to suggest that was a possibility. Yes, we ought to check in with Leo. Yeah, again. we should. Maybe we on should. Monday. We should. Or, yeah, that's an excellent idea. I thought it was interesting. Leo said the other day. Now, Leo's a civil rights attorney and um, he's following the trial closely. Um, he's a black guy for whatever that's worth uh, in this in this discussion. But 
he, he said, I hope they don't show the tape too many times, which I thought was interesting because he was concerned that they, uh, the, the jury will become desensitized to it if you see it too many times. Right, yeah. Which obviously mm-hmm. can happen. But then there's the other direction it goes. Like, I was pretty worked up about the January 6th Capitol riot. Then it dissipated over time. Then I saw the videos again for some news story a couple of weeks ago and got all worked up again. Yeah, so. I have a feeling they'll try not to overuse them, that, but they will bring it all back to that at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I used to go to the, I guess it was the circuit court, not far from where I live, and watch trials now and again. It was just super interesting. I've always had an interest in that. You ever object? <laughs> that would have been funny. Um and I've seen a couple of defendants take the stand, and in both cases, it was a terrible idea. Oh, you know what? I was a juror, though. When I was a juror, the defendants took the stand, and in both cases, it was a very good idea. Um, so, but I've heard that it's kind of, uh, kind of a uh, home run swing. If you put your defendant up there and the case is going badly, you're doing it because you're desperate. They could absolutely feel like they need a home run swing by the end of this, though. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the the one the most recent time I was a juror, it was a domestic violence case, and uh, the prosecution case looked great, super strong. Everybody in the jury was thinking, "Oh man, this guy's a wife beater. He's a bad guy." And then the defense put on the case, and it turned out to be completely the other way. And this guy took the stand and just convinced everybody. Um, so it can be a good idea that he was some... a, that he was innocent. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um. So it does happen, but. Uh, I can't even imagine what Chauvin would say. I forgot I was kneeling on his neck. I cracked. I'm sorry. Of course, that's what you say at sentencing. Anyway. You thought yeah. the other police officers, firefighter, EMTs were all wrong in their judgment? That you needed to be on his neck to restrain him still? You know what I have? How could he answer that? You know what I haven't heard, um, and I should know this, and I apologize for not knowing it, but the other cops on the scene, I know they're being tried for lesser offenses. Are they witnesses in this trial? I don't or know. Or would that. that be a fifth, that'd be a fifth amendment problem? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. All right. More on a number of different topics, uh, to come, including some businesses suing to end their state's state of emergency because of the vid, which is long overdue and go get them. Uh, but speaking of businesses and money, your car does not care what you're saving your money for, whether it's your dream vacation, your kids' tuition, groceries, whatever. If something breaks, it's a major setback, and you got to pay. Unless you're protected by CarShield, America's number one auto protection company, protects over one million drivers. Yep, when your car breaks down, you get to choose your favorite mechanic to have them do the work. Car Shields administrators take care of the rest, roadside assistance, rental coverage, trip reimbursement, all at no additional charge. It is America's number one auto protection company at this point, helping over a million drivers. It's easy to sign up for, uh, get into, and get out of. No long-term contract. I like the idea of roadside assistance and rental coverage. Wow. Go to carshield.com and use the code Armstrong to save yourself 10%. A deductible may apply. Go to carshield.com, use the code Armstrong. You will save big because you know us. Congratulations. Carshield.com. And the code to remember is Armstrong. Michigan's getting hammered by the vid. We were talking about that a little bit earlier. It's difficult to explain. I mean, they try to explain. Well, loosening of max mandates and uh, people uh, not social distancing. Everybody's doing that everywhere in America. But for some reason, Michigan's getting uh, hammered. 
San Diego businesses are suing Cal Unicornia, saying there's no emergency. How can we be in a state of emergency? Among other vid-related updates. That's a decent point. Um, And I did hear, according to the New York Times, that testing is way down a lot of places. So I can't believe we're back to this discussion. Early on, it was a number of cases has gone up. And we would ask, with no answer, well, did you test twice as many people this month as last month? Because you're going to get twice as many positives, even if it had been flat. I mean, do you understand the simple math on that? <laughs> well, now it's going the other direction. Cases are way down, and you're testing way few people? Well, yeah. So how, did we, how have we not fixed this dumb problem? Are America's reporters all eight years old? <laughs> or detached? I mean, like, below, like... 75 IQ. Dialed back. Imbeciles. <laughs> Maybe they qualify as imbeciles or, or uh, maroons or whatever. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> maroons. <laughs> you maroons. Morons. <laughs> what a maroon. Um, anyway, we've got all that stuff on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray and Wednesday too. Thursday, I don't care about you. It's Friday, I'm in love. I was jamming some Cure yesterday on the Apple uh, Music. I think. Like I love that the Cure. Um, uh, we've always been a. Is fan. the cure worse than the disease? Sorry, I can. Sorry, I just couldn't hold back. I've always, we've always been a fan of, but scared of <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel's unnecessary censorship. We need to remind you again. You're going to hear some filth, but it's not actually filth. It's perfectly okay words for grandma and grandpa. Hence the name of the bit. It's unnecessary censorship. Hey guys, it's Tuesday. It's March thirtieth, and we are about to <laughs> your. D- I just have one question for you, Jerry. Are we going to see your d- tonight? Because hopefully that's posted. You know what's not traveling is a giant sh- stuck in the middle of the Suez Canal. We'll bring you the latest. You and I, about two years ago, your wife was there, and I brought a friend of mine. Today, he <laughs> himself. I've thinking? got another d- story, and I promise I care about more than d- but this was just too incredible. I cannot wait to a 50-year-old man. I've never done that. <laughs> If you filled in anything untoward, that's your own twisted brain. That's a you problem. Yes. Perhaps get to church on this good Friday. (laughs) Okay, thank you, Reverend. The Bible! (laughs) This is overdue. Overdue, but good. And this sort of thing is happening in states across the country, but more than 45 restaurants, gyms, and small businesses from across San Diego County are asking a federal court to put a permanent end to on-again, off-again COVID-19 restrictions they say are crippling their operations. More to the point, the suit, which is filed against city, county, and state officials, including Governor Gavin Mussolini, who's known to enjoy an early dinner, not that that matters, (laughs) 
Uh, the suit alleges violations of the fifth, I'm sorry, the first, fifth, and fourteenth amendments to the U.S. Constitution, as well as several breaches of the California Constitution. What's more, the plaintiff group, which includes the Reopen San Diego Small Business Coalition, is arguing that the governor's March 2020 state of emergency proclamation is in itself illegal, and that even if the action seemed appropriate at the time, present-day circumstances mandate that the order should be terminated immediately. I will be following this. We will be following this uh, carefully. The attorney who's doing this, he's doing it pro bono. That means uh, a freebie. We got to see if we can get him on the air. He's the unfortunately named Gary Creep. Uh, wow. really I, would, oughta. I would actually change my name. I would, too. It's Creep with a K. You lying creep. I don't think that helps. I, I don't know. Maybe his, his, his predecessors were the uh, founding fathers of Bulgaria or something like that, and the Creep name is just its legend where he comes from, but... Uh, you, you got to change that. Anyway, he's a former uh, Superior Court judge, so he's a good guy to have in charge. And, man, I'm rooting for these folks. And I don't care if it's San Diego or Tallahassee or all points in between. Uh, you've got to limit government authority when it's overused. So go get them. Good luck. I think you name your kid Harold, and their name is Harry Creepy. Harry Creep. That's Harry, not a, Harry Creep is not no, a good name. No, you don't. No. Why would you do that? Because you're one of those parents that give your kids joke names for some reason. There, it should be a deep pit in hell for those people. <laughs> no kidding. Novelty names. <laughs> and speaking of the intersection of corporations and uh, government, the whole brutally dishonest narrative about Georgia's election laws thing that we've been on for some time. Do we have any tape we should be playing on that? Oh, yeah. Where's Lindsey Graham? Can we hit that uh, clip 15? If Coca-Cola's for HR1, you're the dumbest CEO in the history of America. That's good stuff. I'd actually like to hear more of what Lindsey said, because he's always compelling. But the Georgia State House passed an amendment Wednesday that would strip Delta Airlines of a multi-million dollar tax break after the company blasted the state's new election laws. You remember, Delta actually said... Uh, look, they uh, they worked it over in the legislature. They changed some things. We think it's uh, overall positive. I'm not sure why why Delta needs to comment on anything, but why their planes are late as much as they are. But companies feel like they have to take political stances now. And so the woke crowd then went after Delta. Keith Olbermann, who is uh, uh, an actual mentally ill person, uh, said, boycott Delta, ruin Delta. And all the woke crowd came after them with their hammers and their hatchets. And, uh, hammers and, Delta- and hatchets. Then Delta backed Stop down. Stop the hammering! And the hatcheting, especially the hatcheting. Um, and so Delta backed down, turn around, pick a bale of cotton, and Delta CEO uh, Ed Bastian, who's a bastiard and a coward apparently, said the new election law, quote, does not match Delta's values. Republicans in the House pissed off it, by the flip. What yes? part of it? I saw it pointed out yesterday that uh, Joe Biden's home state of Delaware Shuts off, has less hours in the day for voting than Georgia does. Correct. Joe Biden's home state of Delaware has, you have to have a reason for absentee balloting, not the wide open, you don't need a reason that they have in Georgia. It's actually more restrictive in a ton of states, including the president's own home state. It's just a lie. Right. It's absolutely a lie. But uh, Ed Bastiard. Uh, turned around and, and, and made all sorts of statements about it doesn't match our values. It's terrible. It's terrible. And so they're going to hit back by stripping Delta of a jet fuel tax break worth over $35 million a year. 
House Speaker David Ralston said, they like our public policy when we're doing things that benefit them. You don't feed a dog that bites your hand. you got to keep that in mind sometimes, <laughs> which is kind of an unfortunate admission of crony capitalism. Yeah, I'd say. Uh, yeah, well, it's a gaffe is when a politician actually accidentally tells the truth in public. Uh, meanwhile, Coca-Cola, for some reason, felt they needed to weigh in. I love it when my brown wusses. fizzy waters get involved in politics. I can't enjoy a sugar water unless I know how they feel about them voting laws. <laughs> Said nobody ever in the history of anything. Hey, we got this text. Somebody on my side. Team Pfizer sucks. Moderna rules. I'm with you, dude. We're Please. Team Moderna. Please, I'd rather get jabbed full of sewer water. It's Pfizer all the way with me. P is in Pfizer. You're on the list. You're on the list for the J and J one dose, right? Uh, I'm on many lists, okay, I, uh, yeah. and I will take whichever one is sure. the first to uh, call my cell phone. Well, don't take any of that tainted J&J, that 15 million doses they had to throw out. I'll take that one, too. Just that, give it to me. That does suck. What happened? Was that just a human screw-up or of some well, sort? Yeah, we got clip number 20 explains it pretty well, I think. Federal health officials say human error led to the waste of 15 million doses of Johnson & Johnson vaccine whose ingredients were improperly mixed at Emergent Biosolutions, a manufacturing contractor still going through the regulatory process to become part of J&J's vaccine supply chain. The this FDA has help. cited Emergent in the past for problems ranging from employee training to cracked vials and mold, according to records obtained by the Associated Press. But the company says quality control systems worked, and federal health officials confirm no vaccine doses in question were released to the public so they cranked out 15 million doses of nasty vaccine but nobody got it they caught it so that's good that hurts though oh yeah that's 15 million people who won't get that first shot in a timely fashion old matt gates the representative from florida who tried to throw tucker carlson under the bus about his weird sexual past he uh, seems to be in some trouble some some pretty deep trouble. Fan of ch- of uh, teenage prostitutes, it would seem. More on that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, I can say that actually you and I went to dinner uh, about two years ago. Your wife was there, and I brought a friend of mine. You'll remember her. I, I, I don't remember the, the woman you're speaking of or the context at all, honestly. According to the Times, the encounters with the women took place in 2019 and 2020. Investigators believe it was one of Gates' associates, former county tax collector Joel Greenberg, who recruited multiple women online and introduced them to the congressman. The Times sources allege Gates used the drug ecstasy before having sex. So that's Catherine Harridge, who's now with CBS News on that report for the latest information. That was Matt Gates from the other night on Tucker, and we were all like, what is he talking about? Including Tucker was like, what is he talking about? It now seems pretty clear that what he was trying to do was normalize a dating relationship he had and hoping Tucker would say, oh, yeah, I met a nice girl. Seemed like she was your girlfriend and not some 17-year-old or who knows how old Didn't seem like a teenage prostitute to me at all, Matt. What a lovely evening we all had. My wife still talks about it. (laughs) Tucker said, I don't remember her or I have no idea what you're talking about. So the headline in the New York Times today, 
Justice Department inquiry into Matt Gates, the Florida congressman, said to be focused on cash paid to women. And it all comes out of his buddy, the former county tax collector, who's all kinds of a nut job and dirty. I mean, just top to bottom, whack job, thief, and uh, sex nut. Got himself into office and immediately started committing as many crimes as he could think of. Yeah. Without regard for the idea that somebody might notice? A Justice Department investigation into Representative Matt Gates, Gates and an indicted Florida politician is focusing on their involvement with multiple women who were recruited online for sex and received cash payments, according to people close to the investigation, and text messages and payment receipts interviewed or reviewed by the New York Times. And this morning it was reported up there on uh, Good Morning America that, he, that Gates was paying with his uh, Apple Pay, and that's part of how they were able to track the receipts and everything. So you have uh, prostitutes uh, run your Apple Pay, then say, would you like a printed receipt, or can I email that to you? <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> and a, like, 5 10 or 15% tip or custom. Uh, <laughs> investigators believe Joel Greenberg, that's the tax collector nut who had to leave office because he's all kinds of criminal, uh, who was indicted last year on federal sex trafficking charges and other crimes, initially met the women through websites that connect people who go on dates in exchange for gifts, fine dining, travel, and allowances. According to people with knowledge of the encounters, Greenberg introduced the women to Gates, who had sex with them, the people said. One of the women who had sex with both men agreed to have sex with an unidentified associate of theirs in a Florida Republican politics also, according to a person familiar with the arrangement. Um... So I think you get what's going on there. The Justice Department inquiry also is examining whether Gates had sex with a 17-year-old girl Gave her of anything of material value. So if he bought her a plane ticket to take her to Georgia, where it's legal to have sex with a 17-year-old, because 16 is the age of consent in Georgia, all the states around Florida, um, mm-hmm. that that would be considered trafficking for the purposes of sex. Okay, so that's a crime. I suppose prostitution's still a crime in a lot of places. Having that's been funny. a Californian for 25 years, I forget that. Oh, that's right. Some places like look down still on that sort of thing. Yeah, that's funny. It didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, just hiring prostitutes is against the law. It doesn't matter if they're 40 or in high school. Right, right. So I'm just thinking, I mean, because if the guy just is a, a perv, by my standards. You're talking I mean, Gates just, or the Greenberg dude? Oh, Gates. Greenberg is, is not my concern. I think the Justice Department has a good, a solid grip on him. But Gates is a sitting congressman. I admit he's, he's a, a allegedly, ostensibly a conservative and kind of a, a charismatic and, and vocal one. I don't want him to go down. So I'm just thinking about if he just likes to date young, of age women, maybe they're of age in their own state and maybe he comes off as a perv. That's morally questionable, but it's not illegal. So I'm just trying to get a handle on how dirty he is. I, think I mean, yeah. if it's the sex trafficking, that's no good. Uh, I think if you hang around that guy much, you're probably, Greenberg. yeah, because yeah. that guy is crazy. Anybody well, with doing any- illegal drugs with prostitutes, the rest of it, it's all eminently blackmailable, which is one of the reason they keep uh, reasons they keep an eye on Congress people. Mm. So yeah, some foreign power. Could uh, pull the old uh, Eric Swalwell thing, get him yeah. a hot young Chinese girl, and and, and she starts to tell him, uh, look, sweetie pie, uh, uh, this has been fun, but here's why I'm really here. Uh, in the words of uh, Stan the FBI guy and the Americans, which Judy and I are re-watching now because it's so great, you work for me now. I need to watch the Americans. 
So good. But I'm into Breaking Bad now, so. so also so good. <laughs> and I got to finish King Kong because I only watched half of it last night. The dumbest plot I've ever seen in a movie ever. Now, I don't know if I've got a Moderna vaccine hangover and just wasn't in the mood. Because I the, 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 the dumbest, fighting. Dumbest plot. Two Apex Titans can't exist at the same time, Jack. It's like America and China. It's a metaphor. Uh, the fighting stuff and everything like that was pretty cool, and uh, the the special effects are fantastic in King Kong, but um, they they well, worked in, too hard on the plot. I thought. In the defense of the scriptwriter, you're writing lines for an ape and a lizard. I mean, how sophisticated? You just you're not going to have. I could have been a contender. Well, but the behind the scenes, why they're fighting and how you stop them, they just they work too hard. You don't need to. We to, we we came to the movie <laughs> to watch Godzilla and King Kong fight. I realize you can't have them fight for two straight hours, or people would get bored with it. But I don't know, maybe have dogs catch frisbees in between the fights, until we want to see more King Kong lizard fighting. So what you're saying is if the plot had been, hey, look at that giant ape, it looks like he wants to fight that lizard, here they go. Yeah, that would have been, been enough been for perfectly you. perfectly okay. <laughs> look at that ape and that is lizard, look at them, I think they're going to fight. <laughs> and it begins. Special effects are incredible, though. My son liked oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Kong bows to no one, as you know. Really? Yeah. That's admirable. Is there any love story at all that they throw in there? There's this mom and her deaf daughter or adopted daughter. Yep. And then and is she is she hard of hearing or was she birthed by another woman? You sound like Eric Weinmayer. He's gay. He's gay. I mean he's blind. What? She's deaf or adopted. What? The or the or was about her daughter, oh. not about her deafness. Well, <laughs> she is deaf. She's either daughter or adopted. Right. Oh, yep. I see. I thought you were confused which one she was. We're going to interview Eric Weidenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. He's blind. So we'll hear about that. Coming okay. Out. As we head to the break. He's oh, gay. Excuse me. I mean, he's adopted. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there's no love story, but there's a little girl who's either deaf or adopted. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, the fighting on the, the aircraft carrier, which is from the, the, the trailer that they run on the TV, that that was pretty awesome. Mm. Is there more good Super. fighting to come in the second half, Sean, I assume? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, uh, uh, the business well, district is in for a real rough time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. First COVID, now this. Yeah, exactly. How am I supposed to keep my business open? Godzilla on the loose. Anyway. I um, have not yet worked that into my schedule. Perhaps someday. Um, here's what, and then here's what I ended up doing last night. How about this for a uh, change of uh, pace? I was reading the news. And there, I came across like three or four stories in the in a row that were horrific, just horrible things happening in the world. The uh, systematic rape and beatings going on in the civil war in Ethiopia. Have you been reading about that? Oh my! On and off, God! It's amazing how little the world pay attention. The world pays to these things. You know, that's funny. I was walking Baxter. Yesterday, and I was, for some reason, it popped into my head how lucky I was to be born in America. Oh, no kidding. But then there was some horrible crime against a child in the United States. You know, just some loser scumbag did something really awful. And I don't remember a couple stories in a row. And then I don't, I don't know how I ended up in this direction, but it was all about today being Good Friday. And if you're religious and particularly the Christian bent, 
That is a uh, it is a particularly big day. And oh, and I had just been having a conversation with my kids about what Good Friday meant and trying to explain it to people that age in a way that they would understand. And, you know, to the extent that I completely understand it. Um, but I got into the philosophy of the 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 what do they call it? The evil conundrum, the evil problem philosophers and and theologians call the evil problem it's the oldest question mankind has is why do really horrible things happen to people who don't have it coming at all Uh um and nobody still has an answer for that and uh it yeah nobody's ever had an answer for it so the fact that i don't have an answer for it i suppose is is fine i don't need to come up with an answer for it yeah, I, I've, I've, like all humans of any conscience, I've contemplated that question. I think I have an answer, although, you know, your answer is as good as mine, and I would like several minutes to refine it before I announced it on air. Uh, why there is evil? Why, if there is an Almighty, we're not protected from it? That sort of thing. Yeah, there's a, there's a, the, the most popular answer is the free will. It's attached to somebody's name, whoever came up with it hundreds of years ago. Is the free will idea. God is good, but he created free will, and along with come with free will. I mean, unless we're going to be beings that don't have the ability to do wrong or evil or make bad choices, th- then we don't have free will. That could be the existence, but that wouldn't, you know, what would that be? Well, we, then we're, we're puppets, and we yeah. don't have the richness of the life that we have. But we do have the freedom to, I have, I've made many bad decisions, um, but we have the ability to make bad decisions, horrible decisions, evil decisions. And how that all plays out, that's, you know, uh, that the good thing was allowing us free will. Then trying to figure out how to deal with that as a culture, as a species with each other, is his own thing, but I don't know. Um, but man, you read through all the horrible things in the world, and then start talking about Good Friday as a, you know, proof that God loves us. It's just hard to, it's just, I mean, in my mind, and everybody's mind who's ever thought about it, is difficult to get to square those circles. Although you certainly understand that there are sins, sins from which to be redeemed. Mankind. Very heavy, I realize. Yeah, plenty of them and plenty more. You want to hear something strange? If you live in a part of the country where Good Friday is a nothing, you need to know that in a lot of states in the country or towns or whatever, it's a very big deal today. It is the date in the Christian calendar where we uh, commemorate, uh, contemplate, meditate on uh, the crucifixion, the actual putting to death of Jesus of Nazareth, which I was thinking about this the other day. Um, From the point of view of the Almighty as a Christian, has to do with uh, redeeming mankind forgiveness since the rest of it. But on a practical level, on the human level, it was clearly a political killing. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to look at it from that perspective. The powers that be in the uh, Jewish community had some good crony capitalism going with the Romans. And it was not the Romans that insisted Jesus be executed. It was the, the their cronies within his, you know, his people. And just politically speaking, it's kind of interesting to look at it. Sure, and that's why it was a big enough deal to be written about in other texts by historians of the time. To prove that at least somebody named Jesus who had this following was killed. Um, for the reasons Joe just ex- explained, a political killing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, a most respectful Good Friday to our, our friends, our Christian friends, and we hope you have a wonderful Easter weekend with your family. So we'll move on from contemplating the meaning of evil to something easier to discuss. 
which is practically anything. Um, John Boehner, do you remember him? He was the Speaker of the House. He was the leader of the Republicans in the House for quite a while. Very tan. When Obama mm. was president, liked to smoke, drink wine, and uh, and tan himself. Play golf. Taking a nap. He's got a new book out where he's pretty frank about what he thinks about the new modern Republicans, and you can see if you agree with him or not, but he uh, he, he really is holding nothing back. I, he also I, likes to get his drink on and ad-lib while he's recording his audio book, which I understand is quite entertaining. Oh, I haven't heard that stuff. Oh, Oh, yeah. We have that stuff? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so I think that's where a lot of the, critis- the quote-unquote criticisms are coming oh, okay. from. Okay. Stop with a fake outrage. Awesome. Enjoy it. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> huh? Drunk tan guy saying bad things about people on the way. Armstrong and Getty. you can be a genius and invent new products that make you millions of dollars and helps millions of people. It means you're free to work your way to becoming the first in your family to go to college. It means you're free to reach as high as you want, no matter where you came from, even if you're a little kid sweeping a bar out in southwest Ohio. Take it from me. You'll never know where you'll end up. That's freedom. I'll raise a glass to that any day. P.S. Ted Cruz, go. Oh, it just cut off the best part. He was just about to land the the the, the blow, and then the I don't know the tape stopped. So what does um? Can we like smash our computers with hammers and get new ones or something? So what's John Boehner say there? There he says, Ted Cruz, go blank yourself. Is that what he says? Or blank off, or your blank and blank hole. So, former House Speaker John Boehner... I don't know why it's important to know what specific obscenities he used, but I feel unfulfilled. (laughs) That's funny. Um, He was the Speaker of the House, and apparently, um, during recording his audio book, his memoir, uh, during these wine-soaked sessions, because he couldn't sit there and read his book without drinking wine? All right. (laughs) <laughs> he would deviate from the, this is from Jonathan Swan from Axios. He would deviate, John Boehner would deviate from the book's text and insert random violent attacks on Ted Cruz. <laughs> so John Boehner, the former House Speaker, in jaw, a jaw-dropping excerpt of his soon-to-be-released memoir on the House, I assume he'll be on 60 Minutes with this when the book comes out, published by Politico, Boehner takes no prisoners going after the party of which he was once a leader in a devastating fashion. The excerpt opens with Boehner recalling an orientation he gave to incoming GOP congressmen elected in the 2010 Red Wave. Turns out he thought little of that freshman crop. I had to explain how to actually get things done, Boehner said. A lot of that went straight through the years of most of them, especially the ones who didn't have brains that got in the way. Incrementalism, compromise, that wasn't their thing. A lot of them wanted to blow up Washington. That's why they thought they were elected. Boehner adds, to them, my talk of trying to get anything done made me a sellout a dupe of the Democrats, and a traitor. Some of them had me in my sights from day one. They saw me as much as an enemy as a guy though in the White House. Boehner argues that the party's disdain for former President Barack Obama largely fueled the GOP during that time. People really had to be brainwashed into believing Barack Obama was some Manchurian candidate planning to betray America, Boehner said. The blowback 
Boehner got for acknowledging Obama was born in the United States during a 2011 appearance on Meet the Press served as something as a signal for him as a turning point in the GOP. My answer was simple. The state of Hawaii said that President Barack Obama was born there. That was good enough for me, Boehner said. It was a simple statement of fact, but you would have thought I'd called Ronald Reagan a communist. I got all kinds of S for it, emails, letters, phone calls. It went on for a couple of weeks. I knew we had uh, heard we would hear from some of the crazies, but, but I was surprised about how many of them there were. The excerpt's devastating coda, in which Boehner summarizes the party's descent into crazy town, previewed the emergence of another prominent Republican whom Boehner locked horns with. There's nothing more dangerous than a reckless a-hole who thinks he's smarter than everybody else, Boehner wrote. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Senator Ted Cruz. So, huh. so Boehner didn't like that incoming crowd much, it would seem. Or Boner, as you called them there, for some reason. <laughs> uh, okay. Boy, yeah. Well, I would agree with a lot of that. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. We were, we were running up deficits and, and dealing with none of, our, none of our problems when everybody was getting along better and more grown up. And then a new crowd came in that I'll admit has no interest in uh, in you know doing the work of government, which is you have to give a little and compromise this sort of thing. But mm-hmm. you know, and, and well, certainly we've spent way more money since then, so I, I don't know. So I see what you're saying because you've made that point uh, through the years that when both sides showed bipartisanship and were working across the aisle, government just got bigger and bigger and bigger. The debt got higher and higher and higher. Uh, it's it's accelerated now, but we went from. Like first gear to fourth gear, yeah. and didn't try second or third. Right. So maybe that was the best you can do? I don't know. Armstrong and Getty. This is Michael David from Seattle. I'm 51 years old and 